0: Hello City
1: Church, my name is Jacob and this is City Church Together for Tuesday, July 28th. Today we are excited to bring you another story of life from Lauren Dunahoo, one of our covenant members who has been here since day one, since City Church's launch. What I love about Lauren's story is that she tells it with humility, honesty, and humor. And I would encourage you to receive this story as a reminder of God's faithfulness to us, even in the darkest places. So now I'm going to turn it over to our staff counselor, Whitney Nato to kick us off.
0: Lauren, thank you for uh, joining our podcast today. I would first love for you just to introduce yourself. Um, I know who you are, but
1: our listeners uh, might want a little bit of a description. Thanks for having me. Um, My name is Lauren Donahue, and I am a Covenant member here at City Church, and um, I am married to John, and we will be celebrating 10 years of marriage next month, Um, and yeah, we've been here from day one of City Church. We were part of the launch team in 2011, and um, we have one son, Mason. Who we brought into our family via adoption in 2017, and if you know the kid at all, he's either trying to climb on stage on Sundays to play the drums, um, or he just lights up a room with his smile. So he definitely exhibits a lot of joy and laughter in our house. So
0: he does, and I know that my family has missed his smile over the the shutdown. Um, so all of that. Thank you so much. Um, well, we can just jump right in. I um, have had the benefit of being your friend for a long time now. And um, as we were thinking about having covenant members come and speak, I thought about so many of the conversations that that we have had over the course of years and just thought it would be very beneficial for the people of our church to hear um, some of what I have heard from you, just the, the wisdom that you offer and the ways in which God has walked with you um, and shown himself to you. Uh, so to start off, I would love for you just to share um, just some of the conversation we've had about counseling and counseling in the church and discipleship and mental health. Um, I have been so encouraged by your insight and would love to, to open up that uh, topic for our listeners.
1: Um, you know a really light-hearted topic (laughs) today. Um, So I'm just going to give a brief um, background for people who may not know me at Citi. I have um, been a cancer survivor for 12 years now. Um, I was diagnosed with um, a pediatric cancer when I was 20 and I'm 32 now Um, and so you know at a really what should be fun time of life midway through college, um, dating my husband at the time. And, um, you know, you get this terrible diagnosis and you're not really sure, does that mean I'm going to be dying in six months? Um, This puts life on hold. I was in nursing school at the time. Um, All of that to say, after a year of chemotherapy, in and out of the hospital about every other week for about a year, um, you know, the aftermath really of that was a harder journey for me um, than the physical journey. Um, The mental and emotional taxing that my body went through um, was something that I've really spent more of a decade working through than a year of physical... Um healing, if so to speak, so over the course of the past ten years, um I have battled a lot of anxiety uh related to the trauma of a hard diagnosis at a young age, and just the chemicals that were pumped through my body I mean all of the things my body has been through over the uh, that time and the mental battle of anxiety um, would be something I tried to suppress for a long time and just kind of bottle up, act like it was fine, act like I'd moved past it because I was so desperately trying to go back to normal life, whatever normal looked like. And it really, around the time we started our adoption process with our son, um, a lot of it came to a head. You know, you deal with another stressful transition of life And those things are going to come up, you know, things you haven't dealt with are going to creep back to the surface. And so um, it was in the middle of our move to our house. We moved in right after Thanksgiving of 2015 and we were due to have our first home study um, like the week later. We have no furniture in the living room it's pouring down rain, we're moving stuff in, and all of our adoption paperwork somehow had gotten completely soaked on the moving truck, and it was the first time I recognized, like, me really being in, like, a fight-or-flight moment of, in that moment, I had to physically try to flee. Well, I was backed into the a driveway, I was blocked off by the moving van and two other cars. So I'm sitting in my car trying to physically leave from my whole family. And John's coming out to talk to me and I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going, but I have to leave. Um, and I think that was the first time I recognized something is not right here. And I am not coping with a stressor of life, like a typical person would be, you know, moving is stressful. But most people aren't wanting to try to skip town. Um, And so, I had heard a counselor speak at a conference and had reached out to her soon after that of saying, hey, I need some help. I need to process through some of these feelings and come to terms with this anxiety. Um, And so worked through that for a little bit and then we brought our son Mason home and there'd been a quite a bit of progress working through how trauma affects the body and all of those different dynamics. Um and our son comes home and you know the crazy of life and you're taking care of a child and all these things happen. And really over the course since he came home, there have been a lot of ups and downs, and um, I have this built-in accountability to get up every morning and take care of someone, but I think the other tipping point for me was in 2019, um, we had just been through a huge season of death and sickness in our family, and... um for me a couple of other personal health issues that really triggered similar feelings to when I got diagnosed and 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 then being a mother on top of it for any of you moms out there I mean you understand the uh, this greater sense of okay it's one thing for me to get a diagnosis but like what if I have to leave my child behind and so it spiraled me again into probably a worse, um, dip into a dark spot. Um, and that's when I also recognized, okay, I need help again. Um, it was days of having a hard time getting myself physically out of bed to go get my son and being, feeling like a prisoner in my own mind. Um, knowing truth but not knowing how to believe the truth and that's a hard spot to be um, in Romans seven fifteen, you know uh, the writers talking about I do the very thing that I do not want to do and that was exactly how I felt you know my heart and my mind were not connecting um, and I had been We had gone through that Common Rule series that Trevor had done, and I had, for the first time in my entire Christian life, developed a personal habit of actually being in the Word daily and being intentional in prayer and getting up to do those things, and that had been going on for about six months, but then when all of these external weights were coming on, like I knew how to abide in the Lord in a season of stillness the first half of 2019 but then when the chaos came how could I stay there and I realized I've fallen off the edge again and um, so that was when I reached out to you towards the end of 2019 and there was a lot of shame and guilt wrapped up into that because for me I am a very performance-driven person. Um, I like to look put together for people. I like to be the one helping other people. I like to have people in my home. I want to make you feel comfortable. Let me serve you. And then I'll never ask you for anything in return. I got this. I'm pretty independent. It's great. So to get to a point of admitting weakness is really hard for me. But it was in a time of desperation that I knew I have nowhere else to turn but to seek counsel and to seek help um, because I cannot believe the truths of the gospel for myself. And I need other people to help me figure out how do we bridge the two? How do we bridge the heart to the mind? Um, And so I ended up meeting with you. Crying, I think, through the whole first session we met. And a lot of it was feeling shameful that I was in counseling for like a third time. You know, is this something I'm always going to struggle with? Is anxiety going to be my identity? You know, I'd worked through cancer was not my identity, but now it was like, is anxiety going to be my identity? And, um... working through counseling with you coming to a place of being okay to also seek medical help and that was something we talked a lot through and um I'm also a medical professional if you don't know me so I'm a nurse practitioner so I would never see a patient and see their medication list and if they are on an antidepressant think well aren't they just so weak you know um but there was something for me that I held myself to this, like, perfect standard, I guess, of, oh, I'm stronger than that. I don't need it, you know. Um, so there was a lot of humbling and admitting that I think chemically my brain needs some help because of the medications I had been on through chemo, through the trauma of all of it, and just as Trevor's put before, the walking with a limp that I have as a result of having childhood cancer. And so found a good fit for that. I have a wonderful provider that um, knows I'm a believer, supportive of me continuing counseling with medication. And then it was also community. Um, It was my husband being very... Gentle and steadfast with me, um, for better for worse, and he's probably gotten for worse for a bigger chunk of the bargain. And um, having friends who were willing to be in the trenches with me, and and not just say what I wanted to hear. You know, I remember a sweet friend saying, "Hey." I am praying that the Lord gives you deliverance from this anxiety, but I also think you've been just maybe sitting in a spirit of just assuming that this is how it's always going to be for you and assuming that that is your identity and your identity is in Christ. And that gentle rebuke and then other friends saying, we want to fast or spend time in prayer together, pray over you. How can we help you? Do we need to check in on you? Those kinds of things um, were super pivotal for me in getting to a place of renewing of mind and um, hopefully having a sound mind. And that was a desire I had for 2020, uh, being a mom who uh, displayed having... A healthy mental state and being present and engaged and not him Mason every day wondering like how's mommy gonna feel today so Lauren that
0: was uh very impactful just the way that you were able to tell your story and tell it so humbly and vulnerably I know that just listening to it again just Reminds me of uh, the hope of of Christ and His people, and just uh, the benefit of speaking truth and uh, love with one another. And um, I, my hope and prayer for those listening is um, just an encouragement that there's no shame in uh, recognizing the way in which sin is um impacting our mind, impacting our bodies and and that's so much of what God has called us to in community is to help one another um, follow Christ and that looks like discipleship and counseling can be considered specific discipleship when we get stuck in a cul-de-sac and can't can't find our way out um, and just that there's uh from the way in which you described it, such, uh, even joy in in relationship with one another, and asking for help to know to know God's truth, know how to reframe, to be able to speak out loud what's in our head, and um, to to get affirmation in some areas, and in some areas um, other ways to consider what we're thinking about, and. Um, even to recognize, as Paul even describes it, a thorn in our side um, is is weakness that leads us to need Christ. And so the reframing of, will I always need counseling? Will I always probably need someone to help me know Christ and to <laughs> to walk with him? So maybe, and, and knowing that that's not anything to heap shame, that is from the father of lies, trying to keep us isolated and running in the same cul-de-sac that we've been stuck in and so i'm so thankful that you're willing to share that story with with our people and with me and i know that through our relationship i have been encouraged by the way in which you have sought after knowing knowing christ in the middle of your circumstances
1: well amen we will be back with part two of lauren's story tomorrow but for now city church go and multiply the gospel